welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the brutal betrayal brought upon us by Bad Mama Juju Disney. My name's Justin. I'm Tim. I'm Kevin. And this week, we're here to talk about chapters 29 through 32. But first, bum bum bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, Jason makes a terrorist blow himself up. Nalani mad. A prophecy in beadwork. And Ben finds the shuttle pilot. Han and Wedge get Simmon. Jason blows up a terrorist. Brisha Sayo in custody. Jason blows up the interrogation. But that was last week. Bum, bum, bum. Hey, no bum, bum, bums. <laughs> this week, chapter 29. We open on star system MZX32905 near Bimiel. Jason, Ben, and Nalani are escorting Brisha to her home. If you, in case you don't remember where we left off, they were interrogating Brisha Sayo, the shuttle pilot that they picked up. And Jason said, I'm going to her house. And everybody said, don't do that. And he said, I'm doing it. And then they said, we're coming with you. And then he said, no. And they said, yep. And he said, yep. So here we are. <laughs> master negotiator. <laughs> yes. And a master recapper in myself. Yeah. Good job. They are escorting her to her home and they pop into view. Her light gray bump on the dark gray asteroid. What a what a what a beautiful description. It's great imagery. <laughs> yeah. Jason senses something active in the force there. Strong and vibrant, but not alive. Complicated and with personality. And a lot of dark side energy. But he seems this is this is fine. This is fine. She already said she was force sensitive in the interrogation. Is she aware of the deep force presence? She must be. She lives there. She well, lives. she did say there was a Sith Lord there. Well, not yet. Really? Yeah. Okay. See this part that says dun dun dun? We'll get there. Oh, okay. I missed that. <laughs> but I think we're going to learn a lot about Brisha Sayo between now and the end of Betrayal. Because she seems to be holding a lot of secrets that she's not really telling anybody about. But she still seems very open to sharing yeah. a lot of these secrets. It's weird. It's almost like most people in the Star Wars universe are like, I know things. I'm going to keep that to myself. Yeah. But she's just like, you ask me a question. Here's the answer. Yeah. She's very straightforward and like disarming, disarmingly so. Where yeah. You just believe her because she's just coming straight forward at you with it. It's, it's strange. It's strange for... Not just the Star Wars universe, actually. Well, right, really. I mean, really. Nobody's really that direct as she is with her answers. They dock and the artificial gravity kicks in. And Brisha tells them, all the answers you're looking for are inside. And Jason can't stop braining. He goes, hmm, that doesn't mean everything we want is inside. And that doesn't mean that we're safe. Nonetheless, they head inside her home. He, you know, I'm a Jedi. Don't worry. Spring the trap. Uh, yes, I'm a super Jedi. <laughs> There's a, there. There is clearly a trap here. Let's see what it is. Bing, flick, click, trap time. But she lives in a ten-story tall mining facility on the face of this asteroid. F- centuries-old operation. Jason says this place would have been too valuable to leave behind. What happened? More braining. This guy in his brain, I tell you. Brisha tells him, though. The old administrator had arranged for it to be left here and forgotten. Jason's like, wow, that would probably be really hard to do with such a valuable asset. And she goes, no. It's easy peasy. When you're a Sith 
Dun, dun, dun. See? There it is. Nice. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Another quick turnaround reveal, though, where, like, two pages earlier, they're like, ooh, a, a, a mysterious force presence. Mystery. Gone. <laughs> well, it's like She's like, I'm just going to tell you who it is yeah. and what it is. Just setting them up and knocking them down. Yeah. It's, it's like, a it, it's a paragraph later. It's not even... Not even yep. pages later. It's a paragraph paragraph later. Yep, that's a Sith. Yep. Jason wonders, why is the dark side always drawn to deep dark places? The cracks and gorges. Well, why? That's a question I'm I'm posing to you two. Why do you think the dark side is drawn to the deep dark places? The cracks and gorges. As Jason says. Well, for me, the dark side, if you read about it, and well, in some of the other series, and even this, it's primal, more raw, more like visceral. Right. And where are you going to find something that's dangerous or something like that? It'd be in the dark. In the cave and in the dark. Yeah. Well, usually a lot of the imagery associated with like peace and tranquility are like wide open areas, like beaches meadows stuff like that right whereas anger and hatred are more associated with darker environments rougher environments yeah like caves crap like that and the, it, so and it's probably just an imagery thing it's a it um but that's also, what i was gonna say like is that just because those are scary places to us so to your brain you associate it with dark and bad and, things and i'm gonna say like too with uh with going on also what kevin was saying that the dark and the crevices for like the anger and the hatred is also something in a person's psyche that they try and keep hidden in, in that the was the back. direction that i took it like i like what you guys are saying and this is what i was thinking was like if you're talking about like the physical let's talk about the, an asteroid right like the rock the cracks are the weaknesses and the weakness your weaknesses is where the dark side gets into you and that's how it gets into the deepest parts of you that kind of thing like it takes advantage of your weaknesses to get like deep in your core yeah and like what are jason's weaknesses well they're pretty obvious so far throughout the book like his ego yes <laughs> he's awfully self-assured ben seems to be a bit of a weakness so that's his apprentice it's his, it's his cousin he's mentioned he has a girlfriend so like as we head into this asteroid, what cracks in Jason Solo are going to be exposed and taken advantage of for the dark side to find its way in? No, but he's he's kind of like a little malleable and willing to bend his morals now, here, and there. Yeah, like his, they to, are flexible. To try to do the greater good in the very, very, very long yeah. run. Yeah, so like... In one way, he is rigid, where he's committed to doing the right thing for the greater good. But at the same time, he applies like a really flexible morality to the choices that he has to make I in that system. I think what his rigidity is more like with, to doing the right thing is doing the right thing in the long run. Whether people agree with him or not, he's going to do what he thinks is right. If not for the people, but to the people. Right. If you won't accept my saving, I will save you by force. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how about, how about, I don't know where I, that just came from. The, the Jason Inquisition? Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Yes, I, I said Jason I know, on I was purpose just about on that to one. Because you wouldn't expect the Jason Inquisition. Oh, you sneak him in there at just the right time. So, Brisha tells Jason all this. And Nalani turns to her and says, so you're a Sith, huh? And she starts getting real uppity. According to Jason's perspective, anyways. Brisha lays down on the couch, super casual, and just says, no, just a student of the Force. I'm not a Sith. She's got to be choosing her words just for Jason here. Like, the way that I was reading all of this stuff on, on the asteroid, on Star System MZX90302, whatever, was like, her manipulating... Okay, okay, because we know... That she is likely the one behind manipulating Klauskin. If so, if somebody is if somebody's do using Force Ghosts and like the terrorists on Lord where she was, she said she was a part of that. So we have reason to believe that she's throwing out Force Ghosts and being manipulative of other people. So it's reasonable to assume she's trying to manipulate Jason here. I think everything that she says and does in here from this point on is specifically designed. To get in Jason's cracks. To get him to open up his perspective to like a reasonable doubt type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, she's playing him like a puppet master. I think so. I really do. And I mean I mean that like with with honestly like no specific remembrance of like what the events are detail by detail and the things that she does. But everything that she says is just so in his wheelhouse man like everything she says is right up his alley and i think that's by design yeah oh it, absolutely it can't be accidental when she's gone so far out of her way to get him to lord to get him to the asteroid here this almost seems like she's been planning and playing like this chess match and she's making her move right now yeah and if her opponent makes the one move she's predicting, she, she, wins. she wins. Checkmate. Yeah. But it's all kind of balanced on. We're in the end game now. What uh, her end game? Yes. Yeah. That's you know. That's what it is like. But not the end game. All or nothing. Yeah. It's a, it's an all or nothing moment. That's that sort of thing. Yeah. You're totally right. And it it comes to to an interesting conversation between Nalani and Brisha where they start talking about corruption. And Brisha looks at Nalani and she says, You're so young, Nalani. Wielders of the Force all face possible corruption. And many of them give in. It's just the form that the corruption takes from dark side to light side that differs. The corrupt light siders become hidebound, so governed by regulation and custom that they can no longer think, no longer feel, no longer adapt. It's what destroyed the Jedi at the end of the Old Republic. Next sentence there's something to that jason admitted again very carefully chosen words talking about how the jedi order is not flexible enough in their thinking and this is what jason has been has been been, emoing about the whole time the whole book is like oh my god nobody else is as open-minded as i am i'm so woke come on jedis get woke it's 20,018 probably earth years. I don't know. But like 
the, everything everything she says just is directly designed to get through his armor. It's it's bizarre, and she she then starts manipulating him by giving him some history on, on what the the back story on the asteroid here and the dark side energy that is residing within. Jason says, let me take a guess at what happened. The miners came centuries or millennia later. The dark energy got in them and made made the Mac crazy. Brisha says, very good. Very good. Talking to him like a teacher to a student. Kind of stroking his ego a little bit there. Yeah, you're very smart, aren't you? Yeah. Right into that crack. Right into the, oh, wow. You figured out my puzzle, my very difficult puzzle. You know? She says, yep. The administration hushed it up. He made his arrangements and became Darth Vectivus. Jason, the widely learned and broadly tutored, says, never heard of him. It's not a tale the Jedi would tell you. That's what Prisha says. Because he wasn't a planet exploding dickhead. Just a learner. I'm paraphrasing there. But she says he he didn't have galaxy destroying ambitions. He just wanted to learn about both sides of the force. Jason is building interest, actively building interest here. Asking her questions. How did he avoid being corrupted? Why would you need to know that unless you plan on using the dark side of the force, feller? Yeah, he... Uh, I think... And he's saying all this in front of Nalani. Yeah, I think he wants to... It's almost... As he's saying this, it struck me that he's, he wants even... To know even more than what he already does in the force. That's the uh, one of his other weaknesses is, is he can't... He's never satisfied with the answers. Answers only give you more questions to ask. Answers tell you what you don't know, which teaches you what questions to ask to get more answers. That's you're so right. Like she's playing again into that. Like, well, what's all his little cracks? What's the saying? Knowledge is power and power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. 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 But it's like, a good one. he's yeah. just so obvious in front of all. And that was really good. Uh, but Brisha tells him, how did he avoid being corrupted? Easy peasy. He was a grown ass man with a strong code of ethics before he discovered the dark side of the force. Again. Just ends a grown man. Again, I have to ask myself, is this guy a real guy? Or was this, is this story completely made up for Jason? Because it is tailor made. For him. Wikipedia says he existed. I'm sure. Yeah, Wikipedia yeah, you know says he's legit. I believe. I believe Wikipedia. <laughs> that they are. They've been on top of their shit ever since I ever got into oh, Star Wars. Love that website. Obviously. Yeah. So good. Shout out to Wikipedia. If you guys don't know about it, that's where you go for all your Star Wars answers. <laughs> Come on, Tim. No. <laughs> you played a Wookiee uh, in your RPG, too. That's great. She wraps uh, up She wraps up this story with a little bit of a PS. Uh, PS, I, I knew your grandpa, Jason. Ha 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 ha. Oh, also, I haven't been using my true name. Ha 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 ha. And there's a Sith Lord in the basement I shouldn't face alone. Speaking of traps that sound like obvious traps. Spring that trap! That's Jason. Cut to... Carillion space above Trallis. Leia and Admiral Limpin are having a calf, a.k.a. Space Coffee, discussing Carillions. Leia tells us what Carillions really are. The GA tends to fall into the old trap of thinking of the Carillions as naughty children, she said. They're not. They're people who have never lost the pioneering spirit, 
even though their system has been well settled for millennia. Pioneering spirit, pioneering contempt for authority, pioneering disdain for complication or over-analysis. Think of them as children and you inevitably forget how dangerous they can be. I think that is like a, is very, that's a very well summarized Karelian bloodline right there. Well, she has been married to a Karelian for how long? Yep. Yeah. At 40 years at this point, roughly, yeah. give or take. And she's also like born and raised as a politician. Mm-hmm. And she's a Jedi, so she's going to know how to come across and say stuff like that and come up with a good analogy that offends no one. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's like, is she being vaguely threatening? Not not like, hey, you're going to get it, but like, be careful. Watch out for these guys. It's more like, yeah. a, be, it's more yeah. like a beware. And it's then, but then she warning. immediately, the, then she immediately brags about Han being one of the most dangerous people in the galaxy. So like. Don't treat him like children. P.S. My husband might happen to be one of the it's most the dangerous child. men in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you wanted to know. Right as the alarms start blaring. Why are the alarms blaring? Because Panther Flight, a.k.a. Han and Wedge and Company, have arrived for their mission. Okay, Panther Flight, squadron name. Panther Flight How's is the greatest up? band name of all time. Squad name, automatically good. Band name, amazing. Panther Flight, that is dope. That's my thoughts. Tim? Uh, yeah, not so much. Why? I just, I don't like that. I don't like that it has the word flight in it for some reason. <laughs> well, uh, I you, can't tell you well, why. Uh, in that term, it. it's not flight as in they have the ability to fly. Yeah, it's, it's a military like term. Uh, a squadron is made up of a couple of wings. A wing is made up of a flight. A flight Ooh. of aircraft is two. Yeah, ladies That's and gentlemen, our from. resident random expert, Kevin, yeah. the man, Marker King. I still don't like it. You don't have yeah. to like it, <laughs> and I don't. You know, no, I don't remember. I if, love it though. If they mentioned it or not, but based off of just Panther Flight being the two bombers that they're in, I picture these things as like matte black. Yeah. Oh maybe. yeah. I don't know if they've said they're matte black, but that's how I picture them. That's how every spaceship should obviously be painted if you want it to be sneaky. But spoiler alert for later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but here's something the GA that ship is awesome. <laughs> here's something the GA doesn't know that it's Han and Wedge <laughs> flying bombers. Leia does. She works her way to starfighter control so that she can keep an eye on Han. Get all the incoming GA. She's going there to help coordinate GA defense with the very direct intention of helping her husband live. Yeah, not necessarily succeed in his mission, but definitely stay alive. Well, she's not going to do anything to hurt the mission because that would hurt Han. That's right. So all this, all this action means the Twees are launching. Gray Squad is out. Sial. Not sure whether to wish the Karelians luck or not as they're on their way to Reladir. Well, you better, because Han and your dad are at the back of that Karelian formation you're about to engage. Here we are with a little family versus family action. Again, take two. And it won't be anywhere near the last time. This book series loves that fam on fam crime. Cut to Reladir Trallis. Don't say fam. Don't say fam. Or lubed. <laughs> Jaina and Hardpoint Squad are flying inside the shield radius, wanting to get out and engage. She is 
fiery. She snaps on the guy who tells her, no, the shield is staying up. You guys aren't getting out. Why would I sacrifice this entire building to let a few X-Wings out? Maybe not fully understanding how amazing of pilots these Jedi happen to be, but nonetheless. Would Jason have this fire rage too, or would he be Mr. I don't think so. Analyze, right? I think he would try to put out a nice, cohesive argument. Yeah. And, like, as to why, and it'd be logical and well thought out. And that he would try to convince the guy that his way of thinking is correct. And then he would do whatever he wants, anyways, when nobody's looking. And she has. But she follows the rules. She has a decent, logical argument, but follows it up with. Now, stop being an idiot and do it. You're Kriffin, Karkin, Star Wars swear words. Say, say Jason was there, and and they wouldn't let him out. Yeah. He's stuck in the shield. He couldn't get out. He couldn't... Like, he'd have to land, go in the building, turn off the shields, get back in his (laughs) ship, and then fly out. Which he just might do. Yeah, but then... Think about this, though. Would he be Mr. Logic if he hadn't been tortured by the Yuzhan Vong and the embrace of pain? I don't know. I didn't really know him before that. You will. But, you know, it's been pointed to a lot of times in this book as like a pivotal life-changing yeah. experience for Jason where he, it's changed his outlook and approach to life. And I wonder, I wonder if he would be more like Jaina. Maybe, think... maybe more so, but they were always very different twins, even from the beginning. He was, he was always like the soft hearted, soft spoken, well thought kid who loved animals and Jaina was always the athletic superstar. I think he would still kind of maybe be hey, she's not a redhead. Uh put like uh his she'd argument out there like this is what I, I feel like we should do but he'd be a lot more calm and serene and not cold. Mhm. Yeah, maybe not so cold. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that is that's a that's a nice pickup on a but, difference. But Jaina always comes across as fiery. Mhm. Jasen always comes across as cold. Yeah. Guys, it's a song of fire. And oh, my God. Oh, my God, Kevin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mind blown. Oh, my God. Oh. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like that a lot. I really do. I, I just put that together. I think... I don't, you know what? What a good question. Uh, you guys, like you guys out there listening, email us foreverkanonpodcast.gmail.com. You email us and let us know what you think. Cause I thought, I mean, we just found a good question. But Jaina might be pissy, might be mad, but she follows her orders. There's cut nothing to she, nothing she can do. She's got to fly inside the shield. Cut to star system MZX32905 near Bimiel. Jason, Ben, and Nalani and Brisha are heading down the turbo lift, a.k.a. space elevator, to confront the Sith in the basement. So naturally, they talk some Sith. There haven't been any Sith in the galaxy since, what, the death of the last clone of the Emperor, Jason asked? So, Emperor Palpatine clones were a, a thing for a while, a lo- for a long time, in the expanded universe, and let's just leave that right there, and we're just going to move on. With the rest of the quote, true and not true, Brisha said. In terms of the classic master and apprentice Sith structure, there can only be two. You're correct. I'm not sure I even count the Emperor's clones as Sith. After all, they didn't earn their Sith knowledge. Didn't acquire it through sweat and sacrifice. 
They inherited it like a package of downloaded computer programming. I think that the last Sith were gone when the Emperor and your grandfather died on the same day. I think it's interesting, interesting. that she keeps saying your grandfather and not Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I get it. Darth Vader was his grandfather. Mm-hmm. But she keeps relating, like, kind of drawing that connection more. I think other people still would say, hey, Darth Vader, instead of your grandfather. She's trying so to too. humanize him a bit more yeah. and draw that connection between the two of them. And I think maybe she gets more. away with that through her already directness with everything. Yeah. Where I'm talking directly to you about your family. I'm going to refer to it as your family yeah. and not Darth Vader. I don't think she's doing that for ease of conversation. No, though. no, no. But I'm saying, she, yeah. I'm saying that's like, that's, 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 the, that's yeah. the tablecloth she's going to rip off after the magic trick. You know what I mean? And be yeah. like, bam, all the dishes are there and it's Darth Vader. Well, okay. That didn't make sense. But nonetheless, they get off the elevator and they step into the newest minecart roller coaster. Remember Center Point? Well, here we go again. Been a while since we had a good coaster, wasn't it? Newest? I think this one's even older. Center Point, Cedar Point, might be older, might be Six Flags. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, Brisha says Ben should stay back. He's too weak to face a Sith Lord. Okay. That's a pretty reasonable argument. And she turns to Ben. She says, your father forgave me once. Probably not twice if I get you killed. Excuse me? She seems very <laughs> redeemed. She's dropping sneaks in here. Like, sorry, Luke Skywalker forgave you for what? Yeah. You want to elaborate on that? Nope. Because Ben, of course, just goes, tell you what, I'll just resist all temptation. I, lo- I love this teenager line right here. Like, it's so perfect. It's got ignorance, confidence, and contempt. All of the emo teen highlights all in one sweet little package. It's beautiful. That's a beautifully written line. I like that. And I like how nobody questions or asks, you knew you knew Luke at one point? Yeah. Nobody. Well, I mean, like, she brought that up to Ben already in, the, like, the interrogation. But, yeah, like, no hey, we're, here we are at your house. Why don't we sit down for a minute and stop and be like, how did you, what did you, it's our family. What? Yeah. Tell me what you did to them. I would like to know how to treat you based on you've, how you've treated my family. And well, did they said, she said her name, right? Already? She, no. Did she reveal that? No. no. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. But of course, Jason insists that Ben comes. I know better. I mean, he brought him to center point. And it's his apprentice and it's his job to train him. So it is ultimately his decision. His judgment hasn't been wrong yet. But... He insists on it for no reason. He says this for no reason other than the cold logic that Ben can't be attacked if he's not left alone, left behind. He can't be attacked if he's with me. I can keep him safe. That's how this is going to work. I can do everything by myself. I can control everything perfectly to make everything the way that I want. Not, he's my apprentice, he's my cousin, he's my friend, he's a fellow Jedi, etc., etc. <laughs> the list goes on. None of those reasons, only because of logic. I'm sure there there may be uh, some reference somewhere else in the Star Wars universe about someone who's kind of skirting the edge of falling to the dark side. Darth Vectivus. Who uh, also wanted to protect their loved ones. I don't know who that could there, be. There might be yeah, something there. I wonder if Jason hates sand. It's it's just not... I can't put it together. <laughs> what does he say? It's coarse. It's coarse. Broth. Gets, gets everywhere. everywhere. Did you get that reference the other day on the stream? Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, you know, 
I don't know. I don't see any parallels there, Kevin. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I feel like there is something there. You know what? Best to move on. All right. Chapter 30. We open up above Trowlis. Han thinks the ride is too smooth. This dang ship is too nice. Frickin' old man. Yeah. Used to fly in a bucket of bolts for 40 years that he's been patching back together for as long as he's ever had the thing. Every time he flies it, you got to repair the hell out of it. Probably closer to 50 years. Yeah. At least. Yeah, you're right. Because if he gets it when he's about 20, he's about 10 years older than uh, Luke and Leia. Yeah. This is 40 years after they're like, Yeah, you're totally, you're definitely right. Imagine having a car for 50 years. (laughs) And you take it into the vacuum of space, trusting it. Imagine you shoot through hyperspace and believe it's going to Imagine you have a car for 50 years. Yeah. And it's still in running condition. But then... All of a sudden, you get into, like, the new model that just came out this year. Yeah. Rides too smooth. Uh, You're going to be the same crotchety old man. Uh, well, this is exactly where we get some more golden banter between Han and Wedge. This is a great back and forth. What you're saying is, unless a transport is leaving a thin stream of pieces behind, like a trail of breadcrumbs during atmospheric entry, it doesn't match up to the Millennium Falcon standard? Well, right. You could... Fire a few blaster shots in your own control panel and deal with the resulting malfunctions if you just wanted to feel at home. He's old, man. Here we go. Here we go, man. Let's not talk about being scared. Let's yeah. not talk about having kids on the other side of the war we're starting. Let's not talk about things like that. Insult my friend. <laughs> Make fun of my friend. <laughs> like, guys, stop. I mean, it is funny. It's it's funny. But at the same time, you have to balance that stuff with, like, reality. Otherwise, it just becomes obtuse. And, like, that's all That's all they do. Maybe they. Maybe it is because they're 70-year-old war veterans. But, like... They're, I, they're also... I don't know, man. It's Han and Wedge. Yeah. It's the, just... It's golden. I know. You, they could be in, like, the craziest dogfight of their other lives. They're probably lives. not scared. And they're both just like, yeah, so the other day, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, I was yeah. like, uh, I was like, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. But no, just, they don't even do that. They don't have casual conversations. They just make fun of each other about various things nonstop. But you no, could. They don't talk about, oh, you know what I did today. They could probably have that crazy conversation. Yeah. While in the craziest dogfight of their lives, know, yeah. and not even talk about what the battle that they're in at the moment. The only way that he would be like, "Hey, guess what I did today? Let me tell you about my day. I smashed your record of the Kessel Run. Take that, sucker! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, it be some eleven like that, right? parsecs. <laughs> yeah. Take that. Well, they're still funny. Cut to Relidir, Trallis. We go from the ships incoming to the people on the ground. Gray Squad gets ready. Alrighty then. Punch a big hole through everything you see. I, this part's so short. I just I don't even. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what was the point of putting this in here, other than maybe maybe the takeaway is just that line: punch a big hole in everything you see. Like don't uh, don't ask questions. Shoot the shit out of everything. I think this is more like um kind of like a quick little. Oh, yeah, they're getting ready to go in to commit to battle. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like, a check-in. It's yeah, a little check-in. Because yeah. if they didn't do that, it like it's like, sentences. hey, wait, they're launching. Wait a minute, all of a sudden they're on, like, they're in the battle already. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait a second, what? Well, that's true, you that's know? true. I think this is more just but like we a did, quick little... But we did already touch previously on them 
launching, launching and like they're about to engage. Anyway, but this actually does, this tells you a little bit of, like this is our plan. You're Wait right. till they commit to a course, then attack. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But now we cut to star system, you know. Yeah. With letters and numbers. Straight vertical drop into a massive cave filled with giant rust towers, which are ancient Minoc piles of dump. Apparently, the Minoc inhabitants of this poop rust, and it piles up into giant pillars and caverns. Stalagmites and stalactites. Sure. What a roller coaster! <laughs> uh, I don't want to ride your your ancient rusty roller coaster, lady. Poop that coaster. That sounds filthy, but. Keep your ancient rusty roller coaster off me. Then, from the rusty dump tower, they go into a dark crevasse where Ben can feel the dark energy even more prominently. They go literally into the cracks of this place to find how deep the darkness is, right? How deep does the darkness go? Like they're doing it physically, they're doing it metaphorically to find out which side the dark side hides in. Here's a question. Do you think let's say metaphorically, not asteroidically, do you think the dark side makes the cracks? Or does it just use existing cracks and expand them? Like, can the dark side, if you have no, if you have no imperfections in your armor, can the dark side penetrate you by itself? Or does there have to be an existing fault there to be exploited? I, I think everything in the universe has a weak spot. That As tiny as it is. That but the little dark bit side of light inside will, the dark. Will find that weak spot and exploit it. Yeah. That little bit of dark inside the light and a little bit of light. That's, I didn't mean for that to come back. And there it is. Full circle. Zing. Zam zoom. Okay. Well, we answered that question and I feel good about that. Yeah. But it is, I like it. It's a good, it's a good metaphor. I like it. But Ben now has, has, has some comments about the dark. It didn't feel so much malicious as merely ominous. Less and enemy threatening death than a somber realist reminding him that death was what he ultimately faced yeah that sucks ben is getting dark in the darkness man he's feeling so focused on the dark energy and the caverns (laughs) he doesn't even react to being grabbed and yanked from behind pulled out of the cart cut to reladir trellis Back to the Panther Flight and Gray Squadron as they engage. Carillion sensors can't ID Sial's Aleph's. I guess they're too new. The Carillions yeah, they haven't gotten the the data on them yet. I guess. They're, well, they're still in the prototype testing phase, really. Yeah, that's true. They were she, testing them. She's a test pilot, just like her dad. She hates her new ship. Yeah, that's I. You know what? That's right. You know. They are too new to even have any info for the Carillions. And this is what's funny. They picked the Shriek Bombers for the exact, for that exact reason. Yeah, because the GA wouldn't have yeah. information on them. So here's the two newest ships of their two fleets. Facing off. And head to head. Here we go. Father-daughter friend battle. Whoa. <laughs> Han lands a shot on an Aleph and says it didn't even shudder. Aleph equals space tank. No one knows who was on each side. No. Yikey, yikey, scary, fam, fam, danger. 
You like those fans? No. You have to sigh louder, I think. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. <sighs> Either way, it's been a long period of we're about to fight our family and we don't even know it. Yeah. Like, really, Wedge could kill his daughter. Or Han could, and or she could kill both of them or one of them. This is this You're for real. A little bit out in like the field they're here. they're shooting real imaginary lasers at each other. They're not. Yeah. They're not real practice lasers. Wait. They're not imaginary. Wait. They're not, they're not imaginary, imaginary practice, practice lasers. lasers. You got it. We yeah. got there. Cut to Dodonna above Trallis inside Starfighter Command. A hologram representation of the battle has appeared over at Leia's head. I'm, I'm gesturing with my hands on an audio podcast. Yes, it's very grandiose. She, she, she points at a hollow ship with a laser pointer to see its details. Okay, that's sick. Every once in a while, we got to stop and check in on this technology. That's great. Laser pointer. Here's, here's a hologram of everything that's happening. Use a laser pointer to get your own little personal inf- information on your personal pad. It's dope. Turns out, the one she laser points is Hans Bomber. She adds a note to it. Seems to be running from the battle. Leave it alone. She feels guilty immediately. But how guilty would she feel if Han died, she says to herself. This is a little sacrifice to get a major bonus. Just put a little note. Don't blow this one up. (laughs) That's all. Yeah. It's funny, though. uh... Does she know what's at stake? Does she know the mission? I don't think so. I think she does. How, yeah, she, yeah. Well, Han, I don't remember if they. She was there when Han, She was in the room when uh, they were in the booth. And, You're right. When Wedge that's right. It. She was up in the uh, up in the prize booth. What do you call that? The press box. The, yeah. But like the whole <laughs> thing, <laughs> prize booth. What Leia's doing is is kind of like uh, one of those very rare time or one of those few times when sometimes the end justifies the means. Right, because it's. Just a small sacrifice for a, yep. for a major gain. She's not hurting anybody. She's not doing anything wrong. But at the same time, you are making it easier to launch tons of bombs at a fully stocked and um, personneled facility. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that's why she feels guilty. But how many different freaking sides is this family on, man? Two. I don't know. I don't right, think right, so. Right now it's two. There's only two sides. I don't think so. I think there's three sides. I think there's the Krillian side, there's the GA side, and there's the Jedi side. Well, and, the then Jedi I think, and then, the I, then I think there's always Jason's side, which is a different side of everybody else. But but the Jedi are kind of their own side because they're more stuck in the middle than anything else. Like They don't want to go to war with Karelia as much as they're like, elements of the GA do. They're right? like the edge of the coin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If it lands on the Jedi, that would be a magic trick of the Force, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or a regular magician magic. Coruscant. Luke wakes from sleep with a mix of emotions, images in his head. How many naps does this guy have? Yeah. This Every is... time we cut in on the Grandmaster, he's having a snooze. Well, he's old too. Yeah, I guess they're all like 70, 80 years old. <laughs> so, 60, he's, 70, yeah, 80 years old. about 60 ish. So, I, I'm just saying, what a weird narrative tool to just constantly be getting visions. Through this guy's naps, or even waking life, I guess. I guess. I don't know. It just seems like too much waking up from a sleep. 
But nonetheless, this part is pretty sick. Yes, it is. He focuses in on the force. So pounded was he by sensations reaching him through the force that it was actually difficult to think. Cautious, he opened himself to them, trying to sort them out. Betraying trust to act is to betray, not to act is to betray. A Minoc, its eyes glittering with unusual intelligence, stared at him from the distance of centuries. The Sith are not what you think. Leia, her features smoothed by grief so great it could not be expressed, fell forward, folding over as she did. Dark, dark, I will not be afraid of the dark. Han, regret on his face, a vibro blade in his hand, lunged forward and slammed the blade between the ribs of a pretty young woman with dark hair. I loved you in my own way. I would have repaired the harm I did you. That's a lot of visions for one snooze. Yes, it is. Here's an interesting... Those kind of stand out in no, the book. No, I don't want to hear anything interesting. Just kidding, carry on. No, this is this is a different type of interesting. Oh, uh, what? They stand out in the book, one, because they're italicized. Yeah. But the first letter in all those sentences are not capitalized, and there's no period at the end of those sentences either. Except for the I loved you one. Well, that, a, yeah, because that's I. But yeah, you're I right. I is always capital. So. There's no periods. There's like, there is commas in the middle, but that's weird. It is I've weird. I've never seen What that. is that trying to portray? Is that trying to portray like a, a, a primitive being's thoughts or something? Is it? I would think what we're getting is the middle of sentences. We're not, oh, we're so? not seeing the beginning of the thought and we're not seeing the end of the thought. We're just getting little flashes. He's fading He's in and out. in and out of these visions. That's these what scenarios. I pick up from oh, that. Oh, that's good. That's right. I like that. That sounds right to me. I didn't think of that. Well, let's talk about each one of them. Betray. Finally, we get a title drop. I think this might be the first time anybody talks about betray anything, really, in the book. I don't know. I'm sure podcast listeners will prove me wrong when they've just more recently listened to the episodes. But I don't remember anybody else talking too much about betrayal. But here we go. That feels like Leia. Or that feels like Jason. Or I don't I don't know. Well, let's put that this in the perspective. Like all of them, actually. Let's see if we can apply it to Leia. It does apply to everybody. Right? It kind of applies to everybody. I think yeah. Tim's right, yeah. Because yeah, no def- matter what they choose, it'll feel like they're making the wrong decision. And that's decision. because they're stuck in the middle of both sides. They can't... Yeah. No matter which side you choose, Yeah, like with wrong. Leia. She's acting to yeah. help Han mm-hmm. by but, betraying the Galactic Alliance. Yeah. If she doesn't betray the Galactic Alliance, she's yeah. betraying Han. And it's like... Maybe Jason earlier, if he doesn't betray his Jedi beliefs and murder Thrak and Sal Solo, he's betraying his belief of do the right thing at the cost of whatever the hell. You know, it, it does. You're right, Tim. It does apply to everybody because they're all. They're it applies all to a lot world. of the people. Uh, yeah. Not all. Of maybe them. not Ben. Maybe not. You know, I don't know Mara. if Jaina's not really been in the thing too much. She's pretty set. I think with I don't think this really applies to her too much, but it does apply to a lot of the major characters. Yeah, you're right. Okay, next the next one was the Minoc, which we know was probably the thing that lived on the asteroid. Centuries old, it says, right? But who was on Team Minoc? Jason and Ben. So does that have something to do with them, this, this Minoc part? Because I don't think you would accidentally name them Team Minoc and then have a Minoc being be like a secret 
manifestation of force. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't yeah. accidentally do that. So it's eyes. That'd be a crazy coincidence. Glittering with unusual intelligence. Stared at him from the distance of centuries. I don't know. I don't know. This is all just, it's this specifically is pretty broad and vague. Like all, all these visions other than the Han one, but like Sith, what are the Sith? You don't know. The Sith are not what you think. He, what are the Sith? At this the point, Sith he are, thinks they're extinct. Right. And also, he thinks that they're a, a two-man system and, and all that all that general thing that Brisha was just telling Jason, that's not what the Sith are. The Sith didn't die with your grandpa and, and Emperor Palpatine so much. And is it is it, like, I know it says not what you think, but is it could be interpreted as there are, are people around you that are sith like that you don't even know yeah maybe it's a warning also yeah. he thinks um this dark vision of this person he's been seeing the person doesn't, doesn't exist. exist the sith are not what you think if he thinks that if that vision is right. a sith and he thinks that person doesn't exist yet maybe he maybe it's maybe, maybe they it's a, do another exist clue now. there what about leia's grief could be past could be future i mean she did have a best friend and son die in the last war. But it could be in the future because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but this war seems to be teeter-tottering uh, around her son. Yep. So could be past, could be future. What about Han? Who is he killing? Stabbing a, a knife into a dark-haired, young dark-haired woman who he says, I, I loved girl. you and I could have saved you or, or that sort of thing. Like that's... That was pretty dark. Yeah. I don't know. Is this more prophecy? I don't know more about what happened in the books before this. Mm -hmm. But what if that's not Han? What do you mean? Well, we've already seen that Thraken looks just like Han. Interesting. Uh, we've, like, in a, in other a vision, family members can saying. look like... You're right, it like could people. be. Maybe Luke's seeing Han as his first, like... Like it was like maybe it was like a quick glimpse and he was like oh that was Han yeah maybe being, it wasn't Han being maybe it's someone so who just overwhelmed looks like by him. everything else yeah but then he looks at Mara now her eyes were open staring sightlessly upward her body cut and butchered the edges still black and steaming by a lightsaber blade this is a waking vision presented to us separately from everything else yeah. And he is so shook up that he, he like shakes his head to get the visions to go yeah. away. Like when Han had to pull over earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Luke's like, pulling over in his head. He's so rattled. He's got a head shake pull over. I don't know. Is this again, is this more prophecy? Why is the Mara thing separate? And why is it accompanied with no italicized thoughts? And it's, it seems to be more distinct, more direct, more detailed. Maybe it's just cause it's his wife. I don't know. And Luke doesn't know either. He has no idea what to make of all this. He decides to cross his legs on the floor to meditate. To gain real knowledge, he says, to gain peace. I like that. Knowledge equals peace. Real knowledge. Real knowledge. As if what he's just gotten isn't real knowledge. Not until you can contextualize it with more, yeah. so with more say information, was, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, all this stuff well, is very vague. Here he's actively searching... For the knowledge, rather than it just 
like being bombarded by it, yeah. so he can like sort through it and pick that's through true. one at a time. Yeah, it's like a it's like a conscious, active process. Yeah. He wants to have. Well, now we cut to Star System Mix a Lot. Ben and Nalani are float falling through the cave of barely gravity, being followed by hundreds of eyes. Okay, that's horrific. Jason and Brisha get off the coaster. Jason says, hey, why'd you push my friends? Can't fool him. He felt it. She pushed them out of the roller coaster with the force. You're not fooling him. She says, I did it to save them. It's too dangerous, bro. Jason doesn't ask any more about that. Done. That line of questioning is over for him. All he wants to know, he wants to know more about this Sith. You pushed my cousin, my my 13-year-old cousin, off of a roller coaster in pitch black in a crevice in an asteroid. Full of dark side energy. Okay, sure. And he just says, okay, he says, he says, uh, hey, who's that Sith? And Brisha tells him. His knowledge is of the lineage of Palpatine, but is broader than the Emperor's. He's young. He was not yet born when the Emperor died. Who could it be? Jason says, well, is is this Force presence benign then? Brisha says, he must be found and mastered. Remember earlier when Jason was nitpicking her words? Well, he doesn't this time. She says mastered, not killed. Yep. This Sith has to be found and mastered, not killed, mastered. That's how my mom uh, used to talk about Mario back in the day when she beat Mario. Like, I've never beat Mario. My mom did. She used to say, I mastered it. I mastered that game. Has no bearing on the situation whatsoever, but I just thought I'd throw that in there for a moment. Okay. Hi, Mom. (laughs) But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, her word choice is deliberate here. She obviously means something else, right? She doesn't mean we have to go down there and kill this guy or else you would say that. With as direct as she has been this whole time. Sure enough, here comes the Sith walking out from the shadows. Face cloaked, but orange gold eyes showing. Where have we heard about orange gold eyes before? Um, where you can't see their face and they're hooded? Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> Not what I was going for, but also correct. Very funny. Also correct. Luke's vision of the man who does not exist. Uh, I'll give you partial credit, but it's, if this was multiple choice, that was not the most One correct One while standing on another Jawa's shoulders. That is... Is that half as correct or twice as correct? I don't know. To appear as as human height? To be a full Sith Lord, a dangerous one that doesn't exist yet. There can can be two. It's obviously... There can only be two. It's obvious that's what the vision is. Two Sith Jawas shoulder riding. Yeah. But Jason sees this and he goes logic mode. You walked like it's normal gravity in here. You're obviously an illusion fool. You're not going to fool me. Bam. Smarter than... Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren didn't figure that shit out, did he? No. No. He got fooled by Luke Skywalker. Ben. Solo. Is a chump. And Jason is the man. I think the difference between them is Kylo Ren has already fallen to the dark side. And his 
uh, he let his anger and his passion mm-hmm. take over in that fight, and it blinded him to the tiny details so that you mean, we were seeing. You mean he would be better able to control the dark side of the Force if he had been a grown man with a full code of ethics before he adopted the dark side? Because I've heard that somewhere in these chapters before. It was just Barisha said it to Jason. The Sith says, okay, yep, I'm an illusion, but you have to fight my henchmen. Ha ha. And poof, he disappears. Now out steps a Luke Skywalker illusion. Jason looks at him and he says, not nice, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Cut to Ben and Nalani. They're getting swarmed by Minoc looking beast. One comes right at Ben. He cuts it right up. Lightsabers, right? Yep, so great. Easy peasy. Lube. Zip them. Totally lubed. Nelani oofs and poof, she's gone. Something happened to her. Ben can't see her anymore. Now in her place is Mara Jade. And Ben says, it's not my mom. He floated back to the ground. You're not my mother, he said. Good, she said. Then it won't be a family crime to cut you down. Cut to Reladir Trallis, Han and Wedge flying down the street towards the GA outpost, pursued by an Aleph and intercepted by E-Wings. Han fires on the E-Wings ahead and he gets a message from Leia. Hey, uh, the Aleph is definitely Wedge's daughter. That's the message. Han tells Wedge to take the E-Wings. He's taking the tugboat. He figures if he's the one shooting at Sayal, at least he can control the situation. I'm smart enough to control everything if I can just do it myself. I wonder where Jason might get any of that from. I think warning uh, lights or whatever should be going off in Wedge's head right now. (laughs) Because as they're flying down the boulevard, Han was in the lead. Han, through the whole training exercise, had to be in the front. That's a great point. Now all of a sudden Han's like... You take the lead. I'm gonna and drop. I'm gonna drop. Back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna hang back here, just like, for yeah, no reason at all. <laughs> you got more experience with starfighters. You you fight the the E wings in front of us. So yeah. I'll, I'll uh, hang back. It's which like, is wait which a maybe what? is maybe is why all of their uh, dialogue is designed the way that it is, so that something like this sticks out. Yeah, where he's breaking that just playful banter, and he's he's actually trying to do something real for once. As if, though, as if they wouldn't know some of those E-Wing pilots or, like, some of their families. No, no, it's fine to smoke those guys, but let's not directly yeah. kill Wedge's daughter. Like, hey, buddy, that's the GA. That's your, that's, those are your friends. No? I love their, shoot em. the skill that, like, Wedge has, though, because, like, Han, too, obviously, but, like, think about it. You're flying in a starship super fast. Real low to the ground. Yeah. You're like skimming traffic, basically. Trying to... And you're in the ship by yourself. There's no co-pilot. There's no droids. Nothing. You're Mm -hmm. by yourself. And he's shooting at two fighters coming at him. So you got to add their speed to your speed. And he still (laughs) shoots one of them down. Well, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. And Han's trying to shoot his daughter. Yeah. And he says, blast it. She would have to be a good pilot. Yeah. Just like her dad, you guys. Just like her dad. <laughs> Did you know that her dad was a famous rebel pilot? And he's like the greatest pilot in the galaxy. 
Oh, they, they, I, I understand it's like a, the first book of a new book series, right? You're trying to hammer home the, the lineage of all the characters. Yeah. Every scene that she's in, it comes up just about. Probably could have seen that coming based on the fact that she changed her name in the first place. And anyways, anyways, Han's trying to shoot her and he can't shoot her because she's great. What if she hadn't changed her name and she kept her like original pseudonym for the when she transferred to this new squadron would leia have recognized her as han uh, as wedge's daughter probably not and that probably would have got shot her down. life yeah yeah you're totally right but that's what i that was my point about the e-wings which is why are they you, why are you being so callous about the pilots of the e-wings who are in the ga military with your daughter they're also people yep on your side sorta and also, the people who are on your side are on your side. But it's fine to blow them up, but not Wedge's daughter. Like, it comes around to this later on. Leia will talk about it. But, like, those are the sacrifices that they're trying to pick and choose when you're stuck in the middle. There is yeah. no right answer, man. Because now you're sacrificing those E-Wing pilots for her. Yep, because you you're know her. You're picking and choosing lives. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because you know her. And I... This... That last... uh comment that han thinks that she would have to be a good pilot i wonder if she if she had kept her original name when she went through training and all that yeah if she would still be as good right because she would automatically she'd be like jason maybe she wouldn't be challenged as hard right yeah yeah she wouldn't be trying to push to show that she was as good because people automatically would think she's who knows right but i think that keep the the thing that happened in this book was her changing her name back and that does get her recognized in this battle by Leia and saves definitely yeah. saves her life. Saved her her life. father would have smoked her out of the sky, I bet. I know oh, she's yeah. flying a tank, but nonetheless. Chapter 31, we open on Coruscant. Luke feels the arrival of a dark presence. It's Jason saying, not nice. <laughs> what is going on here? Madness. It's madness, you guys. He and not Jason exchange some lightsabery, and Luke noticed his opponent is pretty floaty. Then he hears more lightsabers from his room. Mara sees a floaty Ben. Psych! It's evil Ben! It was a boy, maybe 13 years of age. Its features resembled Ben's, but were twisted in anger. An anger that looked like it had years of abuse, jealousy, and rage behind it. The boy's hair, unlike Ben's, was blonde, styled in a sort of bowl cut with bangs, and Mara realized with a shock that it was the hairstyle of Luke Skywalker in his youth. She'd seen the hollows of him in his adolescence. Worse, for she'd seen those hollows as well, it was the hairstyle of the juvenile Anakin Skywalker. This is a beautiful, layered prey on her insecurities like the evil version of her son that is presented to her is horrifying yeah yeah here's here's your son but uh he also kind of looks like your husband yeah oh yeah and and his grandfather your former boss yeah we've all seen the the boonty eve classic we've all seen that little anakin skywalker with his (laughs) 1990s bowl cut very popular at the time yep that's how he's presented that's obviously not how he looks in real life, though. So what is going on here? 
It sounds like the evil versions of Luke and Jason are separately fighting. Like they're having their own battle, almost like not in an alternate reality, but almost like in their own little bubble. It's it's and then it's it's weird. Mara Mara's fighting she has to fight evil Ben. Till wham, she she kicks him and he disappears through a wall. Cut to Star System Mazix. Nilani bounces her way off the Minoc thingers all the way to the floor. Hopping on lily pads. I don't know, like that was that was a weird scene. She just <laughs> kind of floaty half gravity jumps on all these squishy space jellyfish. It reminds me of that scene from uh, Finding Nemo when they're in the cloud of jellyfish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just bouncing around. That is exactly what she's doing. Yep. This is where she hears a man's voice say, well done. It's Darth Vectivus. Yep. Isn't I'm going to push her out of the rail car to save her. Yep. Where does she land? Sith Lord. Raid it with the Sith Lord. And he reveals himself to her. And he tells her a little secret. Every phantom you see here, every one you encounter is connected to something that is distinctly real, distinctly alive, though possibly far, far away. Every time you struck a Minoc, a living being somewhere suffered the pain and injury you inflicted. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, and pretty and a, powerful. And another one of those accidental murders we've seen a jedi perform or take part in a lot of accidental murders so far in this book this really does seem like a dark side force users anti-jedi defense preparation Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of factions prepare for jedi but nothing like this and this will stop pretty much any jedi cold in their tracks who do we think led the not led who do we think laid this trap darth vectivus the spirit or brisha sayo current resident of the asteroid was it a team effort are they working together is she even a bad guy i don't know yet but i don't trust her one bit yeah her uh it's it's pretty much her overwhelming honesty that's making her so untrustworthy it's weird well speaking of overwhelming honesty Darth Vectivus tries to get Nalani to kill him, and he straight up tells her, by killing one, you'll save thousands. Sounds a lot like Jason's Thraken dilemma. And here's another question. Who is he connected to, this Darth Vectivus spirit? Yeah. If he's trying to get her to kill him, and everything is connected to something, who is he actually trying to get her to kill? I don't know who he's connected to. Brisha? Maybe she kills this ghost, Brisha dies, and the seduction of Jason Solo is now, over everything before it's completed. Jason says to Luke, Luke hears. Slightly twisted. Yep. Some of the words are different, but the overall sentence is the same. Yeah. And the same with Mara and Ben. True. Brisha would be saying this out loud right now if Vectivus is saying it out loud right now. Maybe she is. But she's she's seriously saying, I am Darth Vectivus? Maybe. Maybe Jason can't hear her. He's too focused on the fight? Yeah, or like, you know, force stuff where she's just like, I'm not projecting my voice. I'm just... Maybe she does it with thoughts. 
She's created a force field around herself that holds in all audio. So far, based on what I think of her, she's very good at projecting force ghosts to people. So yeah, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Like this is I. I know I've read, legit... I know I've read these books before, but I'm only basing this on evidence that has been presented to me so far. Somebody's been messing with force ghosts. This lady seems to have a lot of them in her basement. This very well <laughs> could be Darth Vectivus himself. He could be pulling Brisha's strings. Because we have seen Force Ghosts, or not Force Ghosts, um, like uh, lingering Sith spirits, spirits like Exar yeah. Kun at, uh, at Luke's Academy on Yavin. Yeah. So this could be a legit Force Ghost. Not for, well, Force that's ghost the thing is, like, whichever, whichever way this relationship is working, I don't know. But it seems to be in tandem somehow. Yeah, some sort of, like, uh, like symbiosis type deal. And I think... This is where Vectivus straight up tells her she's not strong enough to sacrifice one to save many. And he shows her the cart rails and tells her to run away. She decides to go the opposite way. I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to go find Jason. Now he lets her go. He lets her go. He's just a ghost. I don't know. Yeah, but all the so are all the Minox. They're all ghosts, but they still have the power, the ability to hurt her. You're right. Now... That doesn't sound very Darth-like. Hmm. Is a, is a Dar- any Darth gonna confront it, like have a confrontation with a Jedi and just be like, "Here's your opportunity to kill me." Maybe they okay, would. If I could see a Sith doing that. This special kind of Sith, though. I know that's right. what I'm getting at. But like, any like a Sith would be like, "Ha, you're weak. You can't even strike me down. Look, I don't even have my weapon out. Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Get see, all, it's what get I all Anderson Silva. Yeah, but then and then you get knocked out. Then they'll be like, "Now you die." Yeah. But they're not going to just be like, okay, go he ahead. He just Jedi. tells her to run away. And yeah. Then it's very unsith like for yeah. a Sith. So, Ben killed a Minoc. I wonder who that was. Earlier, he killed one. Came right at him, lightsabered it. Could be anything. I wonder who that was. That is his second accidental murder with, you know, also. No, I don't think he. I don't think he had any. Any like uh, deaths at center point other than Anakin thought. Either way, he's definitely got two accidental deaths on his list now, on his conscience. But he doesn't know about this one yet. Now we cut over to Reladir, Trallis again. Han still trying not to kill Wedge's baby daughter, whom I've bounced on my knee, he says. Yep. What does he do instead? He drops two droids on her spaceship, <laughs> right on her windshield. Just two protocol droids. It works. She flinches at the droids. How many times has Han dreamt of doing that to 3PO? Just drop him <laughs> right out the ship. Just drop yeah. him right out there. Well, it gains Han and Wedge valuable meters on their express post run to the basement bombing. They get there, they drop their bombs, and they fly into the basement as planned. Guess what, though? Sial is such a good pilot, she figures out what's up, follows them right in through the hole, and warns the GA about the incoming missiles. She just figures it out, logically. Oh, she's got that great tactical planning, just like her dad. Then she tells her boys Webb to blow that building down to block the missiles. I'm assuming this building is fully inhabited. This is They said it was like all residential. I thought they said it was under construction. Is that what it I is? I thought it wasn't finished These particular being basements? Yet. Okay. I'll, I'll believe that. Either way, though, it's going to be major damage and major destruction and a major risk. Now we cut back to Coruscant. Luke and Jason are exchanging swipes. Luke wants to talk it out. 
Jason doesn't talk to phantoms and things that don't exist. <laughs> this choice of words, man, all the time, eh? Better to cut them in half and watch them disappear, he says. Maybe good advice for Luke's guy that doesn't exist from the dream. You know, the one with the yellow and orange eyes. The one that doesn't exist. Wait a minute. What? Something's happening. If there's two Jawas and you cut in half. <laughs> Which Jawa do you cut in half? You you wouldn't cut any in half. Depends on how fast they I mean, you might duck. chop just the one, like the foot off. Yeah, but his feet are going to be on the shoulder. So if you chop a foot off, you're taking a head off. Maybe. Otherwise, he's standing right on top of his friend's head. Maybe. I don't know. I don't That's know the physiology of how, 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 how are their feet shaped. They could be perfect head shaped. They're yeah. made for stacking. That's how they fit into those sand crawlers. Maybe. They're like a bunch of battle droids all racked up in there. Oh, we are <laughs> cracking Star Wars science apart here today, you guys. Don't even worry about it. Cut to Star Systems. Ben is fighting Sith Mara. Compared to not Jason, this is pretty different phrasing. He calls he refers to her as Sith Mara, not as not Mara. Different. I don't know. Teenager stuff? I don't know. Different perspective, different levels of understanding. Yeah. If, well, I don't know, but words don't get chosen accidentally, I don't think. When you're younger, you see things more as black and white. True. Well, when you're yeah. a force user, that's it's, what, it's that's what I was thinking. Sith and Jedi. Mm-hmm. Whereas Luke would be like, "You're not just Sen." Yeah, yeah. He has a he has a more uh, specific yeah band of understanding where yeah, because seeing the tree for the forest. Well, he's thing, fought Sith. Broad range. He's fought dark Jedi. Good, good point. Who yeah. are evil? Not Sith. Not Sith, but not Jason. Exactly. <laughs> well, Ben lunges after Sith Mara, but he can't bring himself to strike. She does though. Hey, Ben, (laughs) you got a lot of growing up to do there, little fella. He feels a chill of fear cut through his middle, and he thinks the lightsaber is coming. Psych! It's a foot. Spidey sense. Psych. His slow motion spidey sense feels a fear across his belly, but it's just, oh, thank goodness, his mama's boot. Hmm. Poof. Blackness. Chapter 32, still in the tunnels, Jason's side of fighting Luke. He calls him False Luke. Not not Luke, not Sith Mm. Luke, False Luke. And the difference I draw between False Luke and not Jason is that level of condemnation, that level of, of, of blame that comes with False, where he's saying you are... Not the thing, like, not isn't the right word to choose. But it it comes with, like, a a level of guilt with it, I think, anyways. Where it's supposed to be representative to me. It's representative of Jason's just severe judgment of everything all the time. Where it's not, not Jason is, like, open-ended. False Luke is just more sharply pointed, I think. I don't know. It's the same thing, but a little bit more dickish you're not you're not yeah. right yeah there's something yeah. wrong right which you're is, not right which is very jason so not not jason is everything just, is true or just false not jason. Yeah, it's, it's, very, lo- jason it's like a logic too. gate right it's like a logic gate and specifically jason and luke have right. this whole book not seeing eye to eye yeah about 
the truth or maybe because anything. somebody doesn't tell it to the other party. But yeah. nonetheless, he can finally considers Luke's offer to talk. This combat was not just pointless, being carried out at someone else's wish for someone else's ends, but also dangerous. The false Luke was potentially good enough to kill Jason. Still, the false Luke reeked of the dark side of the force. There could be no enduring benefit in cooperating with him. Could there? For a moment, Jason was confused. Weighing the preponderance of Jedi history and claims about Darksiders against his own limited experience. But he decided in favor of history and tradition. I try not to negotiate with phantoms with things that don't exist. Better just cut them half and watch them disappear. As I said before. This man takes a moment to debate whether or not there's something to be learned from the Sith before deciding, nope, you're irredeemable, judged, false, dead. And that he would take the second to learn from a, a Sith, a false... Yeah, a, fal- a false is, version of his uncle. Is not uh, not the most... Uh, We're getting pointed in a direction here. Yeah, absolutely. With Jason's thinking, man. And it's not good. Brisha says... Enough, as Jason is about to be cut down by False Luke, and False Luke vanishes. This is all just a test, she says. <laughs> Psyched out. Jason wants answers, and instead of demanding them here, he follows her deeper into the crevices. He is sure blindly following this woman. So this, blindly? It's... We'll talk about it in the recap episode, but it is ridiculous. Cut to, back to, again to, Relidir Trallis. Han, inside the shield range now, dropping droids, notices an Aleph where none should be. He has to stop her from stopping the missiles to avoid a war, but it's Wedge's daughter. Ah! He hesitates. No cold, callous decision. He doesn't just shoot her. He thinks to shoot just under her ship. I'll blow up the concrete underneath her and launch that sucker up in the air. Throw her off and, you know, get her out of range of damage. He didn't just jump right to killing her. He stopped to think for a minute. If only that trait had been passed on genetically to one of his children. Maybe this book would be a little different. Nonetheless... He blows up the ground underneath her ship and the Aleph blows through the sky. Sial regaining control just as the missiles come pouring in. And just as Han receives another message from Leia. Hey, uh, one of the ships in there is Jaina. Your daughter. But the missiles are here. They overload the shields and they blow the GA outpost to smithereens. Cut to Coruscant. Luke doing maybe one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Checking his closet and under the bed for monsters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Grandmaster of the Jedi Order looking under the bed for monsters. But here's the trick. There was just a monster there. It was a ghost that tried to kill him. Yep. So as ridiculous yeah, as ridiculous as, as the as the phrasing is, it's perfect. Now imagine if uh not Ben, Sith Ben, I don't know. False Ben <laughs> wasn't there. 
Mara's asleep the whole time. <laughs> he's just she wakes fighting up, ghosts in the closet. <laughs> she wakes up as Luke comes in from the hallway and he's rattled yeah. and looking for monsters. Yeah. yeah. He snapped. He clearly went off crazy. the rails. Or yeah. it is time to shit your pants because your very trusted Grandmaster of the Jedi husband is shitting his pants looking, looking for, for monsters. monsters. And now he is not Luke. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Prophecy fulfilled. Which one of the bead tassels was that? But Luke has some questions. Why was there only one Ben? Why wasn't there a Ben to fight me? Why did I fight Jason? Why didn't we each fight Ben? Who did this? Lots of cues. Luke does what he does every time he has a lot of cues. Gets on the phone to call his sister. Cut yeah, to. Cut to. <laughs> Star System DMX. Jason has come to a stone door up in here that's easier to open with the dark side. Can be done with the light side, but nope. Immediately decides to channel that dark side. No hesitation. Fine. That's fine for me. I'm just going to go ahead and tap into the dark side. I'm strong enough. I can do anything on my own as long as I can think it out all the way to the perfect end. I love that though. Perhaps a light side exertion would swing it open as well, but he sensed that it uh, an exertion would have uh, would have to be much greater. Yeah. Eh, he shrugged, gestured, and it's like, yeah. and dark side. Oh, uh, that's too much work. Wait, I'm just going to casually just use Boom. the dark side. Using yeah. the dark side. Good job. Oh, son, you are almost lost. Brisha steps in the door and flips on the lights to reveal some kind of giant robot clockwork dollhouse. Okay, Jason says, okay, I've been to enough of your weird houses. It's time for some truth. Brisha says, I trained to be a Sith under your grandpa. Your grandpa wasn't a bad guy. Zangief, bad guy, but Zangief, not bad guy. He's just sad man who lost his love. Not a psycho killer, Keskasay. She is playing this man like a fiddle she says my true name is shira brie jason recognizes that name yeah brie like the cheese but you're better known as lumaya in his mind he called up holographic images he'd been shown of the famous monster the woman whose lower face was always concealed behind a tight-fitting veil who always wore a triangular headdress who carried a unique weapon, a light whip, as destructive as a lightsaber, but pliant and with a greater reach. There was no place for this woman to carry one in the jumpsuit she wore now, but he did not deceive himself that she was unarmed. He knows who she is. Let's talk about her name. And I don't mean the cheese name. I mean Lumaya. I'm going to say it right away. I love that name. It's so good. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. That's how I've always <laughs> said it. I yeah, love it the way I say it. <laughs> yeah. Lumaya. And as like a, ooh, well, I almost said things, but she has just a great name and a great story. She tells Jason the story of her run-ins with his family. Number one, I was trained by your grandpa. How about that? Number two. I tried to discredit your uncle Luke when he was a rebel hero. That was part of my work for, you know, for the Empire. 
He shot her down. Luke shot her down. Blew up her ship, shot her down. Now she is mostly cybernetics. And that's when Grandpa Vader came in and took an interest, Jason. Quite the complicated history she has with the Skywalker clan. Yeah. Trained under your grandfather, tried to murder his son. (laughs) You know, here I am now trying to seduce his grandson to the dark side, Darth Vader's. Lumaya just says, I can't be a Sith master. I'm too much machine. And Jason finally clues in a little bit. You didn't lure me here to kill me. You lured me here to persuade me to take up the path of the Sith. Well, here we are. The man has finally figured out the trap. After using the dark side of the force, callously deciding, maybe not callously, but deciding a, a dark spirit couldn't be redeemed and must die. After decision, after decision, after decision, he's been making in the dark. He finally figures out, oh, you're not trying to kill me. I've had my wrong defenses up this whole time. He doesn't figure that part out. But like, my God, dude, you've been a super logic genius all this time. And you didn't consider that as an option. One thing I thought was pretty cool. Willful ignorance. That's all I want to say. Is he's an intellectual. He's studied the force in more detail probably than Luke in a lot of ways. Right. Luke has more experience with the like applying it mm-hmm. but holy crap this guy knows a lot about the force he knows a lot about a lot of things she says her name is shira Bree. he's like boom lumaya encyclopedia and he knows everything yeah he's got it already. but then when she says i could never become a master of the sith because i'm mostly cybernetic he goes wait that means darth vader could never have become the sith lord yeah. a true master mm-hmm. it just dawned on him that oh wow Dude, you studied the Force. This is your grandfather. I know. You grew up listening to tales about this guy. That never once occurred to you? Maybe it's... No, and and the thing is, too, there's plenty of other Jedi and Force users that have cybernetics. So it would be... Partially. I know, I know. Maybe not to the point where it affects their Force use, so maybe it's not widely known. Like, for Darth Vader, he probably wasn't telling people those secrets, you know? Where he's like, oh, I'm not as good at the Force now that I'm mostly a robot. But, like... It probably doesn't come up enough in the universe for it to be common knowledge. But for Jason, I'm surprised he didn't have that note in his back yeah. pocket. Man. Well, most people wouldn't even have known that uh, Darth Vader was a Sith and, or could use the Force. Yeah. They just thought, like, he's just some crazy motherfucker. He can choke you with the yeah, no, mind. You're right. Most people um, didn't believe in the Force. And yeah. most people wouldn't even know if he's all cybernetic or not. I yeah. mean, most people probably think he's got well, that's like, what I'm saying. a breathing suit. He wouldn't. But He's um, not telling people his Darth secrets. Yeah. Like, Obi-Wan knew. Even Palpatine uh, was like, yes, Anakin is going to be my my masterpiece. Yeah. And then after Mustafar, he was like, well, I guess I'll keep him until Most, something better uh, comes do, along. Do, make yeah. do with what I can. What I can like, that's right. how he was. He was going yeah. to... Anakin was going to be the pinnacle Sith. Yeah. But then he lost all his limbs. And that was kind of a, a little bit of a victory for the light side because they crippled the master plan. But he couldn't bring himself to kill Anakin. Yeah. But he made it so that Anakin couldn't become the greatest Sith ever. And here we are with Lumaya. Yeah, a little tangent. With Lumaya telling Jason... It's you. 
you haven't let the light side twist your mind. So how could the dark side? Impossible. You are too smart. (laughs) (laughs) Nalani arrives and she's heard enough of this bullshit. But Lumaya keeps twisting. She tells him, don't say no because you're afraid. Chicken. (laughs) He's destined to be the next Sith Lord. Wow. There it is, eh? Yep. She She just lays that right out there. Nalani's had enough again. Does Jason have PTSD from the Yuzhan Vong War? Is that one of his cracks? I don't think so. I do. He says he, he says he says very very directly here, life is purposeless since the war. Yeah, but he doesn't seem shaken up about it though. Usually I everything would I've seen with disagree, people who have PTSD but he just buries they, it. Well, usually when I've seen people with like PTSD, it's like seen a lot of them. No, like in like just saying. Like you hear stories and stuff about it. It's like all of a sudden they have like a panic attack or something, or like yeah. they'll see like a bag on the side of the road. Yeah, and but they swerve. To I'm just miss saying it, you know? everything. You know, things manifest in different ways, and maybe I think, I think he's just totally him. scarred from he's the war. Cold. Like like we talked about before, he's so cold since yeah. the embrace of pain. <laughs> yeah, he's been desensitized to. Life is purposeless since the war, unless someone needed to die, he also adds in there. Yao's a man. That's pretty dark. That's pretty dark. So dark. Nalani tells him she mixes truth with lies, Jason. Classic Sith move. Jason, I'm ignoring that. Shh. Lumaya says, remember Verger, your bird friend with the Yuzhan Vong? Remember when you were with them? Yeah. She was teaching you to survive. That's what Sith do. Sith survive, she says. Jason wants to find Ben. But Lumaya tells him to leave him out because someone here is going to die. Bum, bum, bum. Jason. He pulls a Doctor Strange and just kind of pauses reality. And he has a few visions to look into the future. Frowning, Jason cast out his senses like a net, sampling the present and the future. Pathways led in all directions, but in each of them, one of the three people present fell dying. Jason, head severed by a pliant whip of light. Lumaya, Nilani's lightsaber cutting her in half, lengthwise so there was no chance of missing the organic parts. Nilani, (laughs) her heart speared by Jason's lightsaber. Jason, stabbed from behind by Ben. The boy's uncomprehending features making it clear that he was seeing someone very different from the reality before him. Lumaya, swept into a marble wall by Jason's control of the force. Her skull shattered. Jason shut his eyes against the parade of tragedy. He opened them to view reality. You're right. I can't see a path that doesn't lead to death. There is no good choice. There is no right answer. How about this question? Do you think Ben being tricked into Jason is like a backup plan? Where maybe Brisha, Lumaya, Shira can turn Ben instead if Jason fails to make the right choice here? Have Ben kill him, use his guilt and all this tortured feelings to turn him through the dark side? I, I just wondered if like... Wonder if that's your backup plan. I would say if Jason has to die. Make Ben do it. If Ben 
kills him, probably. <clears throat> but if Ben walks in and just sends dead, no. Yeah. Ben would have to do it. That's right. Then yeah. maybe, well, that was what but, this was. He was tricked into not seeing the right thing, and he was killing Jason. But, but chances are he doesn't know as much about Lumaya. He doesn't like so. This is gonna be a complete stranger to him. Yeah. He doesn't know as much as like. Oh, I know, but I'm yeah. saying what I'm saying is the whole point of having him see something else is to get him to accidentally kill his cousin. But finally, Jason chooses talking over thinking, over killing. Finally. Good choice. Lumaya tells Jason more about Verger. The old bird was a Jedi, but didn't like their limits. She found Palpatine, but didn't like his weakness. Too dangerous. Had to die. So this woman, who, this woman bird who had been torturing Jason while he was in captivity with the Yuzhan Vong, once worked under Emperor Palpatine, and she thought he needed to die, and she was going to try to kill him at one point. Jason says, hmm, this is a convincing argument. Lumaya's words made so much sense. Casting Verger within a context that finally made her comprehensible to him. <laughs> but only if Lumaya's claims about the non-destructive, non-corruptive basis to the Sith are actually true. Lumaya's tone turned chiding. Think about it, Jason. She cared for you. Cared for the fate of the galaxy. Cared for everyone. She is just trying to convince this guy. So hard poking on his bruises to get him to frickin' bend, man. Nalani sees and feels Jason's uncertainty. Growing trust for Lumaya. And she strikes at Lumaya. Yeah. What will happen next week on Forever Canon? Will Lumaya survive? Will the Jedi escape? Will Han, Wedge, Sial, and Jaina be blowing each other up? Will Luke Call his sister? Find out <laughs> next week on Forever Canon, where we cover the final two chapters. Chapter 33 and 34. We will see you next week. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I'm Kevin. And we out. Peace. <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.